It's the Big Baseball Podcast with Kyle and Drew Charters. We head into week three of the college baseball season, and the Big Ten is looking strong with several teams making noise away from home. And as we flip over to March, some home games are coming. Kyle Charters with Drew Charters, a man who wears many hats, but none of them fit, for the Big Baseball Podcast. You all right with that? <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, I don't. Why do none of my hats fit? Because it just means that you're not very good at anything. You I under, wear a, several yeah. hats, but they don't. None of them. You yeah, know. that's the. Uh, Is it a stretch? Is it too much? You know, well, I was thinking about this. It's just not true. <laughs> so it's it's hard to to laugh at something that's just so far fetched. I was thinking about this. You know, uh, had we still been doing a show on a daily basis, you know, pre-COVID times, uh, would I had I tried to introduce you a different way every morning? How how long <laughs> would I have been able to keep that up? Because I've been I've done it for this podcast now for three weeks, and well, we're in the uh, third week, and your third one was a was swing a and a miss. So total, <laughs> total dumpster. So fire. maybe three days it would have lasted. All right, uh, let's talk a little bit about Big Ten baseball. There have been a few teams who have not been swinging and missing. They have been great to start this season. And, you know, we've got a couple of teams, Drew, that are that are undefeated so far. I think they're, you know, there are different levels, as we know, of undefeated. There's a level like what Maryland is playing. Yeah. The Terps are 7-0 and here through the first couple of weekends. And Maryland has been really good. I mean, you know, we thought the Terps had a chance to compete at the top of the Big Ten. We thought that a year ago, and, you know, it got off to a slow start. And we talked about it in the first couple of weeks, how Rob Vaughn had to feel like he wanted to get off to a much better start this season than what his ten team did a year ago. And boy, have they. I mean, 7-0, and good competition. The starting pitching has been just an absolute A+. Nick Dean, Jason Savakul, and Ryan Ramsey have been outstanding. Drew, get get a look at these numbers. 42 innings out of the starters. What's crazy is I think each one has exactly, what, does the math work out here? It feels like they've gone exactly seven innings. Like, every guy, seven innings, four hits, one run, ten strikeouts, two walks. Right. Like, every start. Robots. Yeah, you're going to be pretty good if those are your numbers. 42 innings, 27 hits, six earned runs, 40 strikeouts, six walks. That's the combined numbers over two weeks from their three starters. That's pretty good. And it doesn't leave off there, Kyle. You combine that with the relievers' numbers. Uh, I combined those last night. 17 innings out of the bullpen, just 11 hits, 4 runs, and 16 strikeouts. So, you know, the starters are pitching those 7 innings and then handing it off to the bullpen, and there's no drop-off so far. It's like Maryland was good last year. They got off to a slow start, and the narrative was, hey, this offense is going to be able to hit it over the fence. They're going to be able to score runs. Can the pitching be good enough for Maryland to win games? And now coming into 2022 with the pitching staff throwing like they are, mm-hmm. and you still have those veterans in the lineup that are going to score runs and hit the ball hard. I mean, this Maryland team looks really good so far. Yeah. The Terps are only batting 217 as a team, which I was shocked when I looked that up. I like, Really? Yeah. How, how can it be uh, that low? But, but, but they've scored runs. You know, 40 runs in, in seven games is okay. It's certainly good enough when you're pitching like the right. Terps are. 
But there are some guys in the lineup who you just know are going to hit better. Chris Alina's only hitting 160 through seven games. He's going to hit a lot better he's than a, that. He's a 267 career hitter. Yeah, I mean, so so he's going to that that average is going to raise 100 points at some point. Um, you know, they have a lot of names: Aline, Shaw, Costas, Zamarzalak. I mean, guys that we know and have have known for a while, and we know what they are able to produce. Probably the lineup. You know, seven deep easily. It, it seems like yeah. of of guys who are productive bats in that in that lineup. So while they have not hit here at the start of the season, you feel like it's a team that at some point, if Maryland has to rely on something other than its pitching, then the bats will come through. Yeah, here's one to look at scheduling wise coming up: Maryland, Michigan this Friday night in a non-conference game play each other. What on a Friday? No joke. Huh. That's cool. gonna be good. Good to watch. Yeah, no doubt. We'll talk about Michigan here in, in just a moment and sort of our thoughts on the Wolverines. Also, uh should mention that we're talking to Rutgers head coach uh, Steve Owens on the podcast today. The Scarlet Knights, another team uh, that has gotten off to a good start. The other team, though, Drew, that is undefeated is Purdue. Now, as we said, there are different levels of undefeated. Purdue is 8-0. It has not played the same kind of competition that Maryland had, but for the Boilermakers, I think coming off of a season last year, that was not quite what it, they expected it to be. I think you do have to try to build some confidence and win some games early in the season. So Purdue has swept South Dakota state and Princeton in four game neutral site series here over the first couple of weekends. I will say this playing eight games against anyone and winning all eight games in of itself is an impressive thing to do because in baseball there are so many variables. I mean, starting pitching, you're, you know, you guys, you got guys having an off day at, at the plate, uh, weather conditions. I mean, just go on and on. Yeah. Uh, to be eight and zero is is pretty impressive. What does it mean long term? I don't think we know the answer to that. But before Purdue, uh, a good start to the season. Yeah, I think the confidence thing is is huge. We've we've talked about Purdue, you know, just getting wins, needing wins, and getting off to a good start. And we talked about their schedule last year to start. And I kind of dropped the ball and looking it up last uh, episode, but uh, I got it now. What I say about many hats? I got it now. I got it though. I came through when it mattered. Uh, Nebraska, Michigan, then IU. The first three series for yeah. Purdue last year. So uh, obviously a, a tough go at it uh, mm-hmm. to get some wins last year. And this season is built to to get that confidence. But you're you're right. I mean, uh, you know, eight wins. You look at the some of their numbers, and they're not only winning, but they're winning and playing well. There's some numbers yeah. to back this up. Yeah, the, the one number that stands out, they have 35 steals and and 35 attempts. <laughs> I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, they just. I wasn't on the trip. Not on the current trip they're on because they're gone for 10 days, but was down in Texas for that first weekend. And the pressure that they put on South Dakota State is is like nothing the Jackrabbits will see the rest of the season. And they just were not equipped to be able to stop Purdue on the bases. And you have to imagine that Princeton, which didn't even play last year, was not equipped to do so either. So the numbers, the, 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 the pace will slow down. They're on pace for like 290 on the season. What did you say? The record is 106? Yeah. Team record is 106. Yeah, yeah. They've got 35 in eight games. Yeah. So, you know, Mike Bolton Jr., Curtis Washington Jr., who some have called Lightning and Lightning, which is just an awesome nickname. I can't believe they stole it from us. I mean, isn't that what people call you and I when we're, like, we're running 5Ks? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they totally uh, yeah. stole it from us. 
Def, definitely. Those two are combined at the top of the order, 13 to 13 steals. Evan Albrecht, who hits out of the nine spot, is six for six. So you talk about table setters that second time through. Uh, those guys are getting on base and able to, to run around a little bit. Purdue has some young pitching. Uh, you know, Jackson Smeltz is a, is a veteran. He has pitched well. Uh, Wyatt Wendell, Troy Wansing, C.J. Backer. We'll have to see, you know, because those are some young guys outside of Smeltz and see how they sort of sort of hold up. Let's talk about Michigan, a team that is not undefeated, but a team that is progressing and looked pretty darn impressive this last weekend. Uh, Eric Backage and company sweeping uh, versus Seton Hall and then at uh, Florida International. The Wolverines have won four straight games. The offense has been good, uh, 286, but hitting for some power, 63 runs in seven games. They've got some guys, uh, Drew, at the top of this lineup who are, are really good. Clark Elliott yeah. is a stud. I mean, he is, his OPS is is 1.233. His batting average is 387. He has three homers, 10 runs driven in. Uh, Joe Stewart, the OPS 1121, so over 1,000, 355 average, three homers, more RBI, 12. And you just go down the list in, in this lineup, and I don't think, you know, if you're a pitcher for the other team – I don't think there's really a break, yeah. right? Do you get a break somewhere in there? I, I don't think so. No, there's I, some really good players in that lineup for Michigan. And, you know, I think the Wolverines, uh, I think they're pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at their roster and they've got such a strong nucleus nucleus of, of starting pitching still with Weston and Dinner. Uh, still in there, veteran guys who, who, have, who have been in that weekend rotation before. And then you've got the the veteran guys who have been around forever, Tito Flores and Ted Burton, both struggling so far. But uh, Tito Flores hit three twenty five last year. Ted Burton hit three forty two last year. So yeah. you know they'll come around. Jimmy Obertop, Riley Bertram, all these guys are 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 solid contributors that have been around a lot of their career uh, in getting playing time for this Wolverine team. But then you flip to the other side of things and you look at their schedule and it's just brutal. You know, they, like it hasn't been that bad so far, but after this week, they go to Louisville for three games. Then they go on the road to Vanderbilt for a game. And you just get this feeling that this Michigan team is going to be, uh, you know, a team that record wise going into the big 10 season doesn't yeah. look all that great. You're like eh, eh, Michigan, but their talent wise is going to be much better than what their record shows. Yeah, and they're going to, you know, have themselves lined up for, you know, being able to get into the Big Ten, having played a lot of good opponents, and they will win some of those games too. I mean, I think that they are good enough to, you know, they're not gonna they're not gonna be what fifteen and five or whatever the total number of games is, but they're going to win some of those games along the way as well. And I think have themselves lined up uh not only uh, well for the Big Ten, but you know, then beyond the Big Ten also. Uh, Rutgers, we'll talk about the Scarlet Knights here a little bit and, and talk to their head coach, Steve Owens, here in just a moment. The Scarlet Knights are 5-1, and one, uh, really have been hitting the ball nearly at a 350 clip. And, uh, you know, it's been a, it's a team that I, I think can, uh, can play more consistently than what it did last season, Drew, because we talked about Rutgers last year. They were, after the sweep of Nebraska, third. They were 17 and 13. That mm-hmm. was in early May. And then, you know what they did after that? They lost six straight games. You'll recall that, that the weekend after that, they had a huge series against Indiana. And we were all like, this is the big series, right? right? 
And then Indiana sweeps them, and Rutgers sort of falls off. They only four and fourteen down the stretch. So uh, you know, Rutgers off to a better start. They play a, a really brutal uh, travel schedule. So we'll talk to Steve Owens uh, about that and about the the team start. Let's do that uh, after we talk uh, big bat and and big arm. Uh, Drew, uh, let's hit some of these guys. Um, what do you want to start with here? Let's start with. Uh, where are my notes? Let's start with the big bat. I'll, I'll go with some of these guys. Uh, Purdue had a number of, of of players that are worth mentioning, including Albrecht, who uh, got off to a great start uh, for the weekend. Uh, he was 9 of 12 through the first three games. Now, he went 0 for 4 in that last one. Still finishes 9 of 16. A couple of runs scored four. We got three doubles. Uh, two other players for Purdue, C.J. Valdez and Troy Viola, two newcomers for the Boilermakers who have had uh, uh, big impacts. Valdez was injured in the first weekend with a hamstring. Six ribbies for him, a couple of runs, three doubles, including the walk-off double in a in a game three win on Saturday. Viola uh, hit about three thirty-three, four runs driven in, a double, a home run. Uh, Minnesota's Brett Bateman, who hits out of the leadoff spot, he was seven of twelve, three runs, a double. Uh, some Michigan guys again performing very well. Tito Flores five for fifteen, four ribbies, four runs, a double, a triple, home run. A hit for the cycle over the weekend. Uh, Clark Elliott, who we've mentioned, six ribbies, six runs, five for fourteen, a homer, two doubles. Joe Stewart six of fifteen, seven runs, driven in, four runs scored, a double, two home runs. I mean, those Michigan guys are are hitting the ball. Uh, who do you got? You got any nominees? Yeah, we'll go uh, uh, down to Bloomington. Morgan Colopy was uh, four for 11 on the weekend, but he did have a home run and a triple. Uh, a couple of guys for Illinois both hit 500 on the weekend, both six for 12. Uh, Jacob Campbell, uh, Brandon Comia added a home run uh, to his stat line there and a couple of doubles. Uh, Peyton Williams for Iowa in game number three was four for four with a couple of doubles and a couple of RBIs, a good game uh, for Williams. Uh, Ethan O'Donnell for Northwestern hit 500. He was eight for 16, uh, three RBI, three doubles. And then uh, Rutgers, you know, you look at Rutgers weekend and all these guys on the offense, or most, I guess, not all, uh, played really decent. Nobody really stuck out huge for a big Mm -hmm. bat nominee overall, but all of them were just solid. Uh, But a couple of great games. Danny DiGiorgio in game two for Rutgers was three for five with four RBIs in that game. Ryan Lasko was four for six in game two with a couple of ribbies. Uh, Run scored and a double. But I think you've got the winner over there in your list. Yeah, Joe Stewart. um, A guy familiar uh, to us in the Big Ten. uh, A newcomer to the Michigan Wolverines, however. Six for 15. Seven runs driven in. A double. A couple of home runs. He scored four runs as well. Uh, he made the switch. We've seen this happen with with rivalries. I mean, Purdue has one. Yeah. Paul Tate's moving from Indiana to to Purdue, and Stewart, a former player at Michigan State, who uh, well, he was their most improved. Yeah. Spartan last year. Yep. Really came on last season. It seems to have taken another step forward. So Joe Stewart is our uh, a big bat for this week. Arms. Did we? Did we pick a winner? Usually we like discuss these things and then we yep. picked one. You got, we got, you got one. It? Okay. Yeah, I got it. Let me let me zip through some of these guys. I've got a bunch here of nominees. The Maryland guys have been outstanding. Each one of these guys, Nick Dean, Ryan Ramsey, Jason Savakul, each went seven innings. Uh each gave up what? Uh, a run or less, an earned run or less. Dean was uh, uh seven innings, three hits, seven strikeouts, and a four-nothing win against Campbell. 
Uh, Savical struck out 10 in his seven innings, gave up a couple of runs, though only one of them earned. Weston for Michigan went five and a third, a couple of runs. He'd scattered 10 hits, but struck out seven. Uh, for the Boilermakers, Purdue got some pretty good starting pitching. Smeltz went five and a third, had 11 strikeouts in, in only five-plus innings, gave up just a run. Uh, Wyatt Wendell went seven innings, gave up a couple of runs, four strikeouts, four hits. C.J. Backer, freshman, I like this kid. He, he works fast. Get the ball, throw the ball. Five innings, <laughs> five hits, gave up just a run. Uh, Minnesota, uh, Sam Ireland had a good start for uh, the Golden Gophers, seven and a third. Ten strikeouts, gave up just a run and a win for Minnesota. What do you got? Uh, Nathan Florence for Rutgers had a great game. Uh, five innings pitched, just a couple of hits, no runs, nine strikeouts in his outing. Sean Sullivan uh, for Northwestern got a win against Santa Clara. That's game two, six innings pitched, five hits, uh, no runs, no walks, nine strikeouts. Iowa, we'll talk about Iowa's pitching staff here here in just a few in the weekend rotation, uh, but they are, continue to be solid, have a few nominees here. Will Christopherson, uh uh, no decision in relief. Too many syllables in that I know. name. Christopher Sin. How many syllables? Christopher. Four syllables in a name? Well, he almost went four innings, too. Three and two-thirds, no <laughs> hits, no runs, no walks, five strikeouts. Connor Schultz in his start got a no decision, uh, but went five innings, a couple of hits, a run, no walks, seven strikeouts. Uh, but we're going to hand it to Adam Mazur, who gets his second straight great start for the Hawkeyes in a win versus Pepperdine. Mazur went seven and two-thirds, just three hits, no runs, a couple of walks, but nine strikeouts. Deserving. It was a good – I mean, we we list off a ton of guys here, and I feel like sometimes we need to pare this down. Uh, But it's hard because the Big Ten has had some good pitching here early in the season, and a lot of these guys that we just – you know, we know some of these names, but others who have stepped up into big roles, uh, to to say the least, and uh, have pitched well early in the season. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back here in just a couple of seconds with Steve Owens, the head coach of the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. That's coming up next on the Big Baseball Podcast. Let's bring in Steve Owens, the third-year head coach of the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. His team off to a 5-1 and one start. Uh, coach, first of all, appreciate you taking the time here on a game day, no less, to uh, come on the podcast with us. We we certainly appreciate that. Uh, your team has played well at 2-1 and one weekends. Uh, you'll have the midweek game this week, then head back on the road again to, for, to Virginia. What do you feel like your team has done so well at the start of this year? Well, I think uh, we've defended well uh, positionally. You know, we've really um, done a good job of, of uh, taking care of the baseball. Um, you know, our lineup, uh, for the most part, um, has been pretty good. You know, we, we've hit the ball well, um, hit quite a few extra base hits. Our on-base percentage is pretty good. Um, you know, the pitching was, was, uh, was okay on the first weekend. Um, you know, this past weekend, we didn't pitch well at all on Friday. Um, but Saturday, you know, we pitched very well the mm-hmm. entire day. So, you know, there's, there, you know, different things happen, um, each weekend, you know, guys get out there, you know, get some more experience, get more comfortable. Some guys elevate, some guys struggle a little bit. I mean, things are different every weekend, but I feel we're, we're trending in the right direction. And I felt that, um, we were a better team this past weekend than we were the weekend before. 
Yeah, that's baseball a little bit, right? Where uh, not not everything is consistent, but at least if you're if you're trending well, then that's a good sign for the rest of the season. Let's talk a little bit about this schedule, man. You guys, you know, this happens to northern teams, but but your schedule in particular, you guys are all over the place from Texas to Carolina this last weekend, Virginia this coming weekend, Hawaii, uh, which is needless to say, that's a long trip. Uh Nebraska and Pennsylvania for the Big Ten opener against Penn State. There's some other midweek uh, mixed in there on the road. You've got one home game on, what, March 8th, which let's cross our fingers on the, the weather here at uh, here at Purdue. We're scheduled to play on March 11th, which we're hoping that will work out. Uh, and then not at, not at home again until three weeks later. Uh, just how and, and these are all true road games, too. Uh, tell me a little bit about the schedule, how it all came together, and, uh, you know, what you're – you're hoping to accomplish. I mean, it's a, it's a tough slate, but it looks like you're off to a good start. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we were scheduled out three or four years and we played different teams each of the early weekends, Mm -hmm. um, you know, each year, um, this, you know, this year, um, you know, it just seems like we have maybe a, a few more away than, than normal, but, um, you know, with our weather, we, I mean, we've been outside for most of the winter. It's been somewhat mild, so we've been able to prepare a little bit better than um, you know the past than last year because of you know we were allowed to to get outside and, and actually you know scrimmage on our field and things like that. We could be playing games at home right now, which is maybe a little bit early, but I think it's pretty safe. You know, for the for after March one, I think we're okay to to you know schedule at home. But we have um, you know we went to Houston. Um, instead of like Florida the first weekend, it was just easier. You know, everyone goes to Florida all winter long. So flights are a nightmare to get to Florida. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we went to Houston, um, you know, last, uh, last weekend, you know, we went down to the Carolina coastline and, and, um, and then, you know, this week we're getting in a bus, so we're not, you know, we're not flying. We're just gonna, we're gonna take the bus and, instead of flying. And, and, um, you know, that's, that's always good for team building and things like mm-hmm. that. And, um, and then, you know, the Hawaii trip, that's on a spring break. So we, uh, we initially had, had set this up, the, the Hawaii trip. And then we were coming back to California to play like San Francisco midweek and then a weekend with Sac State. Mm-hmm. And that was going to be, that was going to be our spring break. Well, you know, the, a lot of the conferences changed things with COVID and, right. and, uh, and so, Sac State wound up having to play um, a conference weekend, and so it got canceled in the summer. And then I had to cancel the California, you know, stop, which we we were hoping to just kind of break up the trip back, you know, a little right. bit. And uh, so we we added another game with Hawaii to play four, um, and then we took away the midweek game on the spring break, and we're going back, and we happened to find Nebraska Omaha. Who was available late in, in the summer? They both we just happened to both have a weekend open, and we called and, and got that set up. So, you know, we'll we'll go from Hawaii back to Omaha <laughs> yeah. and kind of kind of try to sleep for a day and All see right. how that goes. Like, you know, I'm kind of concerned with this travel, but hey, this is my 31st year. I've never been to Hawaii. Yeah, um, I'm excited to bring our team out there and have a great experience. Uh, so, you know. This should be a fun spring break, and then, you know, then we're back, and and uh, we get on the bus to go to Penn State and start the Big Ten grind. 
I need uh, Greg Goff. I need to lobby him to schedule a, a Purdue trip out to Hawaii and make sure he brings his radio guy too. So uh, yeah, so I can get a little vacation out of that. That sounds good. To I'll me. give a, I'll give him a report on that. There you, you go. Know, when I get back, <laughs> I'd, I'd appreciate that. Do you, uh, as a philosophy, do you like playing true road games over neutral site games, or has it just turned out that that has been the case this year? No, it's better for your RPI to play on the road, and yeah, um, you know, I I think it's. Um, you know, I think that I've always been in colder climates, so I've always played on the road anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now we have the ability, you know, going forward, we're going to be playing at home on the back end of our spring breaks going forward because um, that adds like a fifth or a sixth home weekend each year right. uh, to our schedule. So we're going to be changing that, you know, one less travel weekend each year going forward, um, you know, for the next three or four years. But yeah, I mean, I think it's um, it's good for your it's good for your team. It's very difficult, you mm-hmm. know, to travel and play. You kind of get worn out a little bit. But if you're good, um, you know, your guys embrace it, and they they you know they it's fun to go visit other schools and and play teams from different conferences. And you never know when you're scheduling two or three years out, you know, what's going to happen. I mean, somebody that's just average could all of a sudden be great, yeah. and and vice versa. So. You know, it's kind of a crapshoot, but, um, you know, we, we try to play different teams and um, for different reasons. And, um, you know, there's a little bit of, of strategy into the schedule. But, you know, this, this year we're kind of, kind of all over the place. Um, next year, you know, we're, I think, primarily in Carolina and Georgia, um, you know, several times. So those are easy flights for us, direct flights, you right. know, hour and a half, two hours. Um, and we get back at reasonable times on Sundays. And that's, that's kind of tough when you're traveling uh, to get back really late. And then, you know, Monday's such a, a heavy class day and recovery day. And then all of a sudden you're playing Tuesday and Wednesday midweeks. And, and then if you're going away on the weekend again, you know, it's just, it gets tough. So, um, but it's, I'm excited to have a, you know, regular season and be able to go play other teams outside no of conference opponents and yeah. then, you know, play some midweek games. So. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, it's uh it's getting things back to normal a little bit, which is which is certainly good. Talking to Steve Owens, the the veteran baseball coach in his third year at Rutgers. Let's talk a little bit about this Scarlet Knights team. Through six games, you guys are really hitting the ball nearly 350 as a team in batting average. You're getting on base nearly half the time, which is which is impressive. And all of that is resulting in runs, 56 runs through the six games. Now you're not hitting for power. And maybe we should put it in there not hitting for power yet. Do you anticipate that you will hit for power? And what have you guys been able to do just getting on base and being able to, to manufacture some runs? Well, I, I we're doing a lot of stuff pretty well. We're getting hits. Um, we're getting walked. We're getting hit by pitches. You know, we, we always try to emphasize, you know, um, strikeouts versus walks and hit by pitches to try mm-hmm. to have a good ratio with that. Um, we're getting, you know, good production, uh, you know, throughout the lineup and different, um, you know, we're getting guys doing different things um, at and top and we're getting a lot of different, you know, some good stuff throughout the lineup. But, you know, I think we are hitting for power. Lead the country in doubles. We have 24 yeah. doubles. Um, that's four a game. So yeah. um, the balls haven't gone over the fence yet. You know, um, but but they will, and and we'll hit home runs. I think we'll hit more home runs than we did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I anticipate that we will, you know, get uh, hit some more home runs. But I'd be happy to 
to to you know to keep hitting four doubles a game. That would be uh, that would be really fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's something I probably should not have overlooked. That certainly uh, certainly is significant. You got a good mix. It seems like of veterans and and some younger guys in that lineup. You know, names that we know: Chris Brito, Ryan Lasko. Those guys, uh, do you like the mix that you have one through nine? Yes, um, you know, there's we have some some old dogs that have been around for a <laughs> while. Um, you know, Chris Brito, Danny DiGiorgio, Mike Neister, Richie Schiekoffer. Um mm-hmm. There's some those veteran guys have been more up at the top of our lineup, just because hey, they they're good and they played a lot and they you know they're they're consistent. So. Um, and then we've got some younger players that have, you know, soft, some sophomores mixed in there that have played quite a bit and had some success last year. And then we have some new players, um, either freshmen or transfers. Um, so it is a nice mix of uh, position players. Um, we're getting contribution from a lot of different guys. And, you know, uh, again, we, we uh, just watching, you know, like watching Nebraska play last year, they, they were so good at fielding. Uh, you know, compared to like everyone that we played, they mm-hmm. fielded the ball at such a high level. And, you know, we felt that with having some veteran guys back that we were going to really emphasize that. And uh, I think our positional coaches have done a great job of, of you know, um, emphasizing that, drilling that, and, and we've practiced really hard. So I think that's – I knew we were going to hit this year. Um, fielding is something that we really want to do because we don't want to – we, we want to – you know, we want to have a high fielding percentage and not give up extra outs. Um, you know, we have some younger pitching. Uh, we lost our weekend starters. So, yeah. we, you know, we have a different pitching um, staff kind of going into this year. And, and having a great defense, I feel, could be a good complement, you know, to pitchers getting in the strike zone and, and uh, as, they, as they gain experience. I was going to mention that weekend rotation. You were one of, I think, three or four teams in the Big Ten that had to replace its trio of guys from last year. Brian Fitzpatrick, Nathan Florence, and Jared Kohler are the three that you've gone with so far this season. Can you tell me a little bit about those three guys and their, you know, their makeup and um, what you're hoping to get out of them uh, every weekend this year? Yeah, well, we had some success, you know, with Teller and Wereski coming in as as a grad transfers. Um, Kolar and Florence are grad transfers, you mm-hmm. know, uh, that have pitched a lot. Um, Jared, you know, was at a Division II school, um, Seton Hill, and uh, was very successful there. And uh, and Nate was at Hartford. And um, and Fitz was in our bullpen last year, you know, the first year back after uh, missing time with a, with a surgery recovery. So, you know, this summer we kind of – told him to get out there and, and, and try to transition to a starter. And he did that in the Cape and had a pretty good summer. Um, and then, you know, um, with the other two guys, you know, they're, they're different. Um, we, we're not asking them for tremendous length. Like we're asking, yeah. you know, we're, we're kind of, we're kind of piggybacking our pitchers. Um, mm-hmm. There's a, there's another group of guys, um, you know, Sinibaldi, um and, and, and Gorski and Bello and some guys that we condition for length. So that we can, you know, we get four or five from the starter, and we get two or three more from another guy, right. and then we can get to the back end of our bullpen because we got Dale Stanovich back, and mm-hmm. he's a legit closer, you know. So um, there's we're we're trying to pitch it a little different, you know. We're not gonna um, it could change, you know, it could evolve and change, but you know, last weekend, um, you know, we we did get better in a lot of ways on the mound. Yeah. 
Yeah, it looks like a, a, a good group, uh, you know, especially when you talk about throwing in some of those guys out of the bullpen as well. Uh, one more for you, and I'll let you go because I know you got a, a game to prepare for. You know, last season, uh, Drew and I, you know, talked a lot about your team, especially after you got that sweep of Nebraska in, uh, in early May. You know, it's a team that was really starting to come on, and then things sort of uh, went the other direction on you that, that last month. How much motivation do you think your guys took from, from being on the cusp there uh, and, and then fading late into this offseason and, and sort of wanting to bring that here into 2022? Well, I mean, it takes a while to, to build a program the way you want it. Yeah. Um, you know, I've done this four times. Um, the, you know, it's not an immediate process. So we made a lot of progress last year in how we competed in our talent level and our culture and how the guys play hard um, and in our production. Um, mm-hmm. So we were able to beat the better teams in our conference, um, have, you know, a winning record against the teams at the top. We were very relevant in the middle of the season and, and put ourselves, you know, kind of on the radar. Yeah. And then we weren't we weren't good enough or deep enough to carry that through an entire season. And as as you know, you know, a 44 game Big Ten only season, <laughs> you know, with four or five weekends of four games yeah. was very grueling. Um, in addition to you know just all the protocols and and just it was it was a tough year, you know. Mm-hmm. But we we got better by playing you know so many uh, high level games against deep and talented teams, and so. You know, our goal last year um, was, you know, to to be able to put ourselves in position to 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 make a conference tournament if there was one. We did that for the first time, you know, since we've been in the Big Ten. Right. Um, we're hoping we're hoping that you know our guys um, play a complete season. We've talked about this that you know you can't play bits and parts of a season. You've got to play the entire year, mm-hmm. and uh, we're hoping for good health and and. And that our our players stay healthy and, and make it you know don't get injured and things like that and and that we play a full season you know and right. um, you know we're we're gonna get the the thirteen midweek games that you know we haven't had in over two years mm-hmm. um, and those are those are really good to you know develop younger players to to play at home more right. um, to get to get young pitching out there um, and also you know to give your you're starting players the, the the necessary repetition in the middle of the week so that they don't start over from scratch each weekend. Right. You know, you get at bats Friday, Saturday, Sunday, then you then you don't get another at bat till the following Friday. That's mm-hmm. a long time in this game. This game is meant to be played a lot. So, right. um, you know, we're excited about our team. You know, we have a lot of unanswered questions still. Um, we have some. You know, we we have a good. Uh, a good group of guys. Um, we're, you know, we we're enjoy being going to work with them every day, and we're just you know we're just going to have fun and, and play hard and try to keep getting better, and uh, and see what see what happens this year. Yeah, we look forward to it for for sure. And uh, you'll get one of those midweek games today that, as you mentioned, are, are just so critical because you do need to get out there and and see young arms and and get the guys some at bats as well. Hey coach, uh, appreciate your time as always. Best of luck today and best of luck rest of the season and and safe travels as well as all right. as you make all, all, all those. Thanks a lot. Thank you. It was great talking to you. That's uh, Rutgers coach Steve Owens uh, updating us on the Scarlet Knights. Let's take a brief break. We'll be back. Drew will join us again for the weekend rotation. This is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer.
Let's hit the weekend rotation, the three things that we are looking at as we head into this weekend. Drew, topic number one, Nebraska and Indiana. Man, tough sledding for both of these teams. Uh, difficult opponents and the records show. Nebraska yeah. is one and six. Indiana is one and five. Uh, it leads to a question, right, uh, uh, about these two teams? Yeah, who are you worried about the most, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're... I think the answer, the easy answer is you're worried about both of them. They got to get wins, but Nebraska just one and six, but you know, they've scored just seven runs in the three games over the weekend against TCU. Yeah. Uh, you know, not really going to get into this. They felt like they should have won that third game. They were, they were threatening to score only down a couple. And it sounds like a bad call mm. on a force play ended the game. So, so frustrated about that, but you know, they've scored 16 runs, only 16 runs in their six losses. Uh, they scored 12 runs in their in their one win, but their starting pitcher has been the starting pitching has been the story here. You know, 19 innings, 26 hits, 23 runs, 20 of those earned, mm. 16 walks, and 24 strikeouts. So the starting pitcher has got to get better for the Cornhuskers. Um, you know, moving forward here, Indiana is one in five. It has played a tough slate: Clemson, Arkansas, Stanford among the teams uh, that the Hoosiers have faced. IU is hitting only 197 as a team, uh, but it's the pitching, Drew. Yeah. That I think it's the pitching that has led both of us to the conclusion that if, you know, if you're just looking at these two teams, which we expected to probably be in, what, the top four or five teams in the Big Ten, and maybe they still could be, but if you're talking about a, a team that you're more worried about, I think you're more worried about Indiana, and it's because the pitching numbers have not been good through these first six games of the season. Yeah, the, the stat that really glares at you here is 50 walks in just 49 and two-thirds innings for the entire pitching staff. So, you know, when you when you start talking about walks and not being able to throw strikes, all the talk about competition goes out the window, right? You just got to throw strikes. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you're playing. You have to throw strikes to win the game. Whether you're playing somebody bad or whether you're playing somebody ranked, you, you just got to. I mean, you got to get the job done, and so they've got to start throwing strikes. Yeah. The schedule does get easier. You got at Missouri State, Troy, Xavier, Evansville. They open the Big Ten against Northwestern and Purdue. Uh, you know, so it does get easier for the Hoosiers. But again, I mean, you do, I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't I mean, matter when the schedule strikes. When the schedule is easier, when the when the lineups aren't as good, you don't have to try to nibble on the edges as much. But yeah, I mean, you've you've got to be able to throw strikes. That's something to watch for sure. Uh, topic number two, uh, a team that is throwing strikes, uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Is Iowa here, – here's the question that I'll just throw at you, and, and, and you can look at the Hawkeyes pitching a little bit. Is Iowa the second-best team in the Big Ten right now? Um, it's, it's hard to say yes because the record doesn't show they're the second-best team in the Big Ten, and they, they – were okay last year. They weren't great last year. So yeah. it's hard to answer that question as yes right now. But you look at these pitching stats, and it's like, hmm? it, the answer could be <laughs> yes. They could be yes. They've got a 2.15 team ERA. The starting pitching has been outstanding. Adam Mazur just has a .66 earned run average. It's, it's just a run in 13 and two-thirds. Mm -hmm. It doesn't stop there. Connor Schultz has been solid uh, on the mound. Marcus Morgan is, is there, too. Um, but their relief pitching, they've got, they've got six guys here, six guys in the bullpen who have seen action and not given up a single run. Yeah. I mean, that's good. It is good. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, you know, Iowa, 
has been there, and if they get good pitching like that, and you know if they get enough enough offensively, I, I think they'll be right there. I mean, as a team, certainly that uh, that'll be in the top four or five in the Big Ten, and maybe they can challenge even a little bit more than that. All right, uh, what are we watching this weekend? You know, let's hit on Purdue here for a second. The Boilermakers will play Longwood over the weekend. You know, th- that was how that all came about. I don't know the exact details, but Purdue had another event scheduled. It got canceled. They had to fill this weekend quickly. Uh, so the schedule, at least there, stays um, user-friendly. But Purdue does have a midweek game at Charlotte, which is ranked by by most people. So that'll be an interesting game to watch. Because if you're Purdue, you've got to, while you're racking up some wins here, you've got to take advantage of yeah. the opportunities you, you do have against quality opponents to try and help out your RPI a little bit. So that one will be a game to watch on Wednesday of this week, Purdue and Charlotte. Uh, there are some other event-type weekends, like uh, up in Minneapolis at the football stadium up there, um, Minnesota, Illinois, Michigan State, West Virginia, Notre Dame, and Kansas are all playing in sort of a, a round-robin event. Purdue was up there a couple of years ago, right before the world came to an end. Um, and so a nice a nice event, and we'll be again this weekend. I'll be looking at that. Drew, what else uh, you got? Uh, yeah, in that weekend, that Michigan-Maryland game on Friday is obviously going to be going to be fun to see, uh, you know, even though it doesn't count for the conference uh, play. It's always interesting to see uh, uh, conference foes match up early in the season and, and see what that see what comes of that. Uh, IU and Nebraska, they're, they're uh, Michigan, yeah. Maryland, East Carolina, and Indiana State. That's a that's a good foursome. Yeah. of of teams playing yeah. in that event too. We'll go on. Um, I'm you know I'm really just watching Indiana and Nebraska. Uh, mm-hmm. Can they win? Can they get wins? Those are two teams who we expect to be, yeah. you know, in the top tier of the Big Ten, and, and they need to start winning. Uh, you look at Indiana; they're going to play a midweek game against Miami, Ohio, and then three at Missouri State. Uh, Nebraska has a, a couple. Um, against Northwestern State, and then a couple against uh, UT Arlington. So we'll keep an eye on those two uh, teams and see if they can just rack up some wins this weekend. Sounds good. Uh, that'll do it for our podcast for this week. A thanks to Steve Owens uh, for coming on with us, especially on a game day. Uh, Rutgers does play a, mi- a midweek game uh, here on the same day that we're recording, so we do appreciate that. Uh, and thank you for listening. Be sure to tell your friends we we do appreciate uh everyone who has jumped on board with us here in season four of this little program. All right. Uh, we'll drop these mid morning every Tuesday, unless uh, Drew complains about it too much uh, that week. And then we'll <laughs> shift it back to Wednesday. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for listening uh, for Drew Charters. I'm Kyle Charters. This is the big baseball podcast, a production of one Oh one seven, the hammer. Yeah!